Joe Douglas has had a busy free agency signing 12 new players to the roster. Corey Davis, Carl Lawson, and Sheldon Rankins headline that list. How well did Douglas do in free agency? And what else do the Jets need to do and address? We'll chat with former Jets offensive lineman and ESPN personality Damian Woody about the roster overhaul and who might be the Jets quarterback in 2021. Lots to do. Get your popcorn ready. It's time for a free agency edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. To gangs all here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post, a special free agency edition of the show. Jake Brown, Brian Costello, find us on Twitter. Give us a follow at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts, but go on Apple Podcasts while you're listening. If you haven't already, give us the five star rating. Write in a nice review. We appreciate your support. Looking forward to chatting later in the show with the great Damian Woody. You see him all over ESPN. The big fella, always looking sharp. He's been on the show a few times, always brings terrific insight. He'll give us his thoughts on Jets free agency, quarterback situation, Salah, all the above. So looking forward to chatting with him because, oh boy, I mean, you got you to gotta look at the depth chart now because the Jets have a brand new roster, a complete overhaul in some senses. We talked a few weeks ago about how much money they had to spend, around $69 million dollars. They've spent a decent portion of it, still have some money left over. But, you know, Joe Douglas was busy, Kaz, and uh, I think he spread the love around. We talk about the Noah's Ark offseason. He spread the love from position to position to position and uh, addressed a lot of needs that the Jets had. Yeah, I liked his approach, Jake, because I'm not a big free agency guy. I don't think it's wise to go out and spend big money on these players. They're free agents for a reason. That's always my philosophy. You know, the, the best players don't ever hit free agency. Right, or they hit them when they're 40 years older. So you have to question why guys are free agents. But that being said, the Jets were a 2-14 and 14 team last year. The roster is a disaster. He had to do something. So I think what Joe Douglas did is he looked at it and said, you know what, Like because of the way the market is this year, there's a lot of wide receivers on this market that normally wouldn't be out there. Teams normally would franchise tag these guys. There's also a lot of pass rushers hitting the market that wouldn't be out there. And he identified that those two as kind of, market areas he could take advantage of then they they willed it down they liked carl lawson at pass rusher they liked Corey davis at receiver and he went out and got them on day one and he didn't overpay you know i, I think they're nice contracts i think the lawson family is very happy to have 30 million dollars guaranteed and the davis family is happy to have 27 million guaranteed that's good for them and their grandchildren and <laughs> everybody down the line but it's not they didn't reset the market at the positions i think that's what you like I think Corey Davis, I looked the other day, I did a comparison between his contract and Galladay with the Giants. Corey Davis is 20th in, in wide receivers and annual average value. I can live with that. You know, I don't think that's overpaying for Corey Davis. Yeah. And then after that, he kind of just started, now he's looking for value. He's searching for value. And you think he found, so I thought Sheldon Rankins was a really nice signing. That was probably my favorite of his. A guy who played pretty well in 2018 has had injury issues the last two years. Now he brings him in and, you know, they gave him a contract that where Rankins plays really well, he can make some money. 
If he doesn't play that well, it's not that big of a deal. I think he'll be good next to Quinn and Williams on that defensive line. Lawson on the outside. They could probably use one more guy on the outside. They got Vinny Curry, but I think he's more of a depth rotational player. Uh, overall, Jake, I thought Joe's approach was good here. He kind of mixed, spent a little bit, but he didn't go overboard. Yeah, I liked it. And I liked the one-year deals and prove-it deals that he gave out to some veterans. You know, he he got guys that, you know, you, you think of in their last spot and maybe a, a change of scenery could do well for them. Ke- Keelan Cole played with bad quarterbacks in Jacksonville. You add him to the depth chart next to Corey Davis, who I also like as a change of scenery, a speedy receiver that you put on the outside. Now your depth chart of receiver is a whole lot different with Davis, Mims, Cole, and Crowder. And then, you know, they brought back the Smith Smith and Smith, the law the law and order of Vincent and Jeff as your fifth and sixth. So you have depth there. They're going to address that in the draft as well. So you're feeling a lot better about receiver. The Tevin Coleman signing, you thought Robert Sala was going to bring in all these former 49ers. That was the only one that they brought in. You get him for $2 million. You know, he's dealt with some injuries. When he's healthy, he's a good receiving back. You pair him with P. Ryan. You know, you bring back Adams as well, but I'm sure they're going to address that. Yeah, they'll draft one, I think, high, too, in the first couple of rounds. Yeah, you look at San Francisco, Jake, and, like, they always had, you know, a bunch of running backs, right? Like, they found Raheem Oster. They stumbled on him, but they signed Coleman. They signed Jarek McKinnon to a big contract. You go back, you probably don't remember this, Jake. You were probably, you know, still, you know, in second grade when this was going on. But Shanahan's father, Mike Shanahan, you know, he kind of invented this system. And in Denver, every year, you know, they had the great Terrell Davis. But then after him, it was... Olandis Gary and like these guys who would come in one year and they'd run for a thousand yards and never hear from them again. So running back is huge. And one of the things I liked, Jake, that Joe's approach here and was the way he structured these contracts. Uh, there's a phrase in the NFL cash to cap. And it's basically you're keeping your cash outlay even with your salary cap and not pushing stuff off into the future. That's the rage right now in the NFL. And that's how like some of these teams are doing things like you see the Giants or the Saints or re- you hear these like restructured contracts. That's basically a credit card, Jake. That's like you or I using a credit card. That bill is going to come due at some point. You're pushing it off right now. You don't want to pay right now. What Joe Douglas is doing is paying with cash. He's buying the house with cash. So if these guys don't work out, they can move on in two years or three years and not feel it on the salary cap. You know, like that was probably the problem with McCagden. I looked the other day, Jake, at the top 10 – salary cap hits for the Jets this year. Tremaine Johnson's ninth. Yeah. He hasn't played in two years for the Jets. <laughs> it's like the, the Bobby Bonilla of the Jets, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, the, you know, I'm sure fans have heard the term dead money a lot in recent weeks. That's dead money, and it's because you pushed paying them off. And in the NFL, if you give a guy a signing bonus, that doesn't count towards the cap fully that year. You can prorate it over the length of the contract, and that's what all these teams do. Well, what Joe Douglas did, he gave these guys small signing bonuses but then gave them big roster bonuses. And now a roster bonus, that counts this year on the cap. So he you know, he had the cap space to do it. He had this plan. And now they signed some big players, but they are not they are not jeopardizing the future to sign these guys. Yeah, and you, you mentioned credit cards and stuff. I was basically making a, a McDonald's salary and living a Rick Ross lifestyle because of credit cards. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that could be a doom doomsday for teams. You know, the, the Giants are going through an hour. They are reconfiguring everyone to try to got, sign all these guys. I think you you mentioned they didn't do what the Patriots and the Giants did, but the Giants are going to be kind of in cap hell with what they're doing here. They reconstruction thing. They refigure to get some big guys like, like Galladay and, uh, you know, Leonard Williams extension and, 
uh, all the moves they made, but that could uh, doom you down the road. So the Jets aren't doomed down the road right now. Yeah, I think I think some teams are gambling that the cap is going to jump a lot with the new media deal, you know, a few years. And it, and it might, but I talked to somebody who said, you know, it might take a little bit longer than people are thinking. So it might be two, three years. I don't think next year, I don't think the cap's going to jump a lot because I think, still think we're going to be feeling the effects of the pandemic uh, financially next year in the NFL. So, but yeah, I think their teams are gambling that, but I really like that Douglas is, you know, these guys are kind of on the books for what they're on the books for. There's no money pushed off into the future. Yeah. And the key was he kind of went with guys in the prime of their Carl Lawson will be 26 yeah, in June. Gerard 26, Davis yeah. will be 26 is 26. 26 uh, is the key number. It felt like yeah. Yeah. yeah Sheldon Rankins <laughs> yeah. was, was what? 27. Yeah. Um, yep. Keelan Cole will be 28. So they got, they mixed in a couple of veterans, a 30 year old LaMarcus Joyner, Tyler Croft, 28. They get Vinny Curry's 33. It has a super bowl under his belt. So you pair all these young guys with a veteran like Vinny Curry, you'll come off the bench. So, you know, they address depth pretty well. I like what they did. You know, I, I like the approach Joe Douglas did because, you know, he didn't catch the back pages exactly of the New York post, like with a Kenny Galladay and a Leonard Williams, but he made serviceable signings. I would have liked Marvin Jones for a little bit cheaper. I know he's a little bit older. I would have liked him, but I'm fine with the Corey Davis deal just because, like he said, 26 in the primes, coming off his best season, almost had a 1,000 yards last year with an offense that predominantly was a running team with Derrick Henry. So I think Corey Davis could be good here with a new quarterback. We'll get into that in a couple seconds, but as we just dive through here, Corey, three years, 37 and a half. Lawson, three years, 45. Led all defensive linemen, cause with 32 QB hits in 2020. So you talk about helping that pass rush. He does that. Keelan Cole, we talked about ranking, stopping the run. Gerard Davis. What do you know about Gerard Davis? Kind of a sleeper addition at linebacker. The Jets cause badly needed help at linebacker. Obviously, we think CJ Mosley's coming back. Uh, we don't know yet with the big contract. He probably will be because no one's taking that money. But what about Gerard Davis? Uh, kind of a sleeper signing, a guy fourth season with the Lions and again, another 26-year-old. Yeah, he's probably my least favorite signing, Jake, to be honest. like just He did not play well in Detroit. The Lions were terrible last year on defense, and he couldn't start for them. So uh, that one didn't make a lot of sense to me. But uh, look, I, those these guys obviously did their research. They liked him. I think the theory is that he wasn't really a fit in Matt Patricia's defense. He's better suited for the Sala system. Uh, but I've heard he's not good in coverage, which you have to be in this, this defense. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how that one works out. Linebacker is a... We don't talk about that as much as cornerback or offensive line or some of these other positions, but that's kind of a scary spot for the Jets right now because changing from a 3-4 to a 4-3, that's the position most affected, right? Because 3-4 linebackers don't usually convert into 4-3 linebackers. That's where the difference is. And I would keep Mosley. Like, you you have him on that contract. Like, you're not – it's going to be hard to trade him. And I would hope he could play the middle. Then they need two guys next to him. Davis is there. Cashman, I guess they're going to try. Cashman hasn't been able to stay healthy as a pro. That position's a little scary to me, Jake. I think we could agree that cornerback, linebacker are the two scariest positions and not in a good scary. It's not scary hours with the Brooklyn Nets with the big three. It's some bad uh, depth at those at both those positions and then offensive linemen as well. Guard at guard, you know, I think, you know, obviously Mekhi Becton is good. I think Connor McGovern will play better at center. But yeah, a guard scares me. Dan Feeney is probably not starting, right? Who they added from the Chargers. He started a lot. It's, yeah. I think he'll compete. I mean, he started 57 straight games for the Chargers. So it's not like he's a guy who's been a career backup. And it's not like the Jets have the greatest guards in the world. They have right now, they have Greg Van Roten and Alex Lewis still on the roster. I think Feeney will compete with them. I think they'll probably add to the position in the draft. That could be a direction they go at number 23, Jake. 
you know, they could take a guard or, or in the second round, take a guard that they plug in there to, to start. So, uh, but I think Feeney will have a chance to compete for the job. If he doesn't win it, he'll be the backup at guard and center. That's how I view him. Yeah, they're going to have to have a Noah's Ark draft at corner and guard because <laughs> co- their cornerbacks are just terrible. I mean, they that's yeah. the one thing they just did not address, and they're really going all in. Unless they have a trade in mind or, you know, there's still time in free agency. What do they have, like 20 to 25 million left to spend? Yeah. They have that, yeah, but they're not going to – they need to keep money for nine draft picks. So that's about $12 million, $10, $12 million probably. They need to – they could, you know, they call it fudge money or rainy day money is like during the season, guys go on IR, you might have to sign more players. Like they're going to need some money for that. And Joe Douglas believes in rolling money over every year in the cap. And, you know, that's so they're going to want some rollover for next year. So I wouldn't, I think they're pretty much done with big spending. You'll see $1 million deals, $2 million deals, like we have the past couple of days, a few more of those. At cornerback, Jake, here, here's, there's two positions where I know Jets fans are like, what, what do you do with a cornerback and guard? I've heard a lot about. I agree. Those are weaknesses. I just don't know what they could do right now. Like at guard, there was one guy, Joe Tooney, right? He was the only really good guard available. The Chiefs gave him $16 million a year. So now put yourself in Joe Tooney's shoes. The Kansas City Chiefs, who have probably, we want to say the best quarterback in the NFL, because I do, Patrick Mahomes, they've been in the Super Bowl the last two years. They've got a Hall of Fame coach. They're offering me $16 million a year. Oh, the Jets want me too. How much more money would the Jets have to give you to pick the Jets over the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to give them New York pizza for a lifetime, about <laughs> $35 million a year. It would have taken yeah. a lot. So you can't, play, you can't hammer Joe Douglas for not getting Joe Tooney. And then after that, there was nothing. Like, it's guys who are 32 years old, guys who've been injured. Like, I'm not saying he should spend the money there. And then at cornerback, there really weren't that many guys on the market. I mean, what the Giants gave a Dory Jackson is – insanity to me like i can't believe they paid him that much money i didn't love the options in free agency you know i liked fuller from chicago but he seemed like he was going to vic fangio no matter what it didn't really seem like he was testing the market there yeah he would have been a perfect fit if they yeah but i think he wanted to play for vic fangio you know which he he had that was his old coordinator uh and denver stepped up with the money so we keep saying oh they'll address it in the draft they only have nine draft picks and realistically five in the first three rounds. Those are guys that you say, okay, I hope they can, you know, the first and second round to me, Jake, are guys you want to start as rookies. Third round guys are guys you hope can contribute as rookies. After that, you don't expect much from them their rookie year. So I think they could probably add three to four starters in the draft this year. But we're, we're like, well, they're going to draft this. They're going to draft this. They're not going to be able to draft everything. Like this, It's going to be tough for Joe Douglas to fill every hole this year. This is going to be a work in progress, I think. And as long as they don't take another James Morgan, because then your email box oh, is going to be full, goes, full of Morgan. people. Why do they take James Morgan if he's not going to dress in the first game of the season um yeah i mean i think they have to probably draft two starting corners at some point and then maybe a guard as well, well i disagree with that i like i think hall i think what you want is hall or austin like these guys have promise like bryce hall I, I i thought he showed a lot of promise last year one of those guys could start i think you just need you need another starter on the other side i don't want both of them starting if i'm joe douglas i want one of them starting you know, hope that they can develop in his system. This system 
is different than what Jets fans are used to, right? Like most Jets fans like you, Jake, and like they've got used to Darrell Revis, man-to-man, up on the line. That's not what this is. This is cover three, cover your zone, where they're clearly hoping with what they've done in the defensive line is that they can get more pressure on the quarterback and take pressure off the corners. We'll see. You know, I think it goes hand-in-hand hand there. Like if the corners can't cover, the quarterback's going to get the ball in their hand really quick, and Carl Lawson's not going to get any sacks. So you need both. You know, if I'm Joe Douglas right now, I'm saying I need to get one starting corner and then hope one of those other two guys can develop this year. The Jets right now are really banking on, you know, Quentin Williams taking that next step and maybe being a pro bowler and not a guy that they trade. And they're banking on Carl Lawson to live up to the money that they gave him. You gave him, you talk about 30 million guaranteed. You better be knocking that quarterback on his ass every week, at least a couple of times a week, because that's what they're paying you to do. And, and you know, that'll help the secondary. And, you know, I think they're less worried about safety because you have Marcus May, you have LaMarcus Joyner's veteran, you have Ashton Davis, you have some guys there, you know, deep in the secondary who could help you. Yeah, they'll probably draft, I would assume, later on another safety. So it's really corner. And then, you know, offense, I think that's our big question next. I mean, Tevin Coleman was a nice addition. We talked about that. I like the Tyler Croft addition because you pair him with Herndon and you have Griffin as well. So you have three tight ends. And Croft is a guy who, when he's healthy, is a good red zone target for whoever the quarterback's going to be. And uh, that's the question. You know, Giants fans and Jets fans are in similar boats because Giants are really ecstatic about their offseason the Jets are fans are slightly happy but they're not jumping through joy I think they're more jumping to joy that Gase is gone you have a coach and at least they've addressed some needs but both teams are like what the heck is going at a quarterback the Giants have their quarterback but they're not sure if he's the guy the Jets have a quarterback but he's likely not the guy so that's the big question is I think you're gonna go Zach Wilson where do you think I mean we've talked about this every show but now that Deshaun (laughs) Watson is looking like a non-possibility. We won't dive deep into that. A lot of unknowns, but that case is very ugly, and it looks like Deshaun Watson's not going to be a Jet, at least anytime soon. So it's going to be Darnold or Wilson, it seems like, or maybe Justin Fields. Yeah, I think the Giants are sort of where Jets fans were last year with the quarterback. Like, you know, feels like the same thing, like going into year three, not sure about the quarterback. Let's see. And obviously the Giants have spent more money to try to help the situation there. In terms of Wilson, I I think Zach Wilson's going to be the Jets quarterback. I do. And I think you're not going to spend the whole offseason wondering. You're going to know in six weeks or five weeks who the quarterback is. And it will not be Mitchell Trubisky because you sent me the text when Trubisky signed as the backup with the Bills and you said the dream is dead. And I cried myself to sleep that night. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And now he's in the division, Jake. Your worst nightmare. Um, But Zach Wilson's pro day, we're recording this on Thursday. Zach Wilson's pro day is Friday. Joe Douglas will be there. First chance the Jets have to look at Zach Wilson in person. You only can get so much out of a pro day, but they can see how the ball comes out of his hands, see how he interacts with his teammates, that kind of stuff. But to me, that's where they're going. Uh, Once Joe Douglas opened the door, Jake, to the trade for Sam Donald and said he's willing to to listen to offers – that was it for me. Like you don't say that if you if you're holding on to the quarterback. So you know, Jets fans. Well, in five weeks, Jake, it's all going to be about two things with the Jets: Robert Sala and Zach Wilson. That's going to be who's on the billboards. That's who's going to be on the website. That's who, you know, they're going to be selling season tickets. They're going to be pushing those two guys. That's going to be the marketing of the Jets for, for the next, you know, however long is those two guys. The jump from Fields to Wilson materialized pretty quickly here. It was always, you know, it's going to be Fields, it's going to be Fields. Now it's like, it's going to be Wilson, it's going to be Wilson. So we'll see what, we'll have a pre-draft show coming up in April, post-draft show. Uh, it's actually my brother's getting married on the weekend of the draft. So I'm going to be bringing the microphone down to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. 
Carolina, oh and uh, maybe be doing the show from a lake house. I don't know. Uh, oh, hopefully, there's some internet. Uh, he's not getting, is he married on Saturday of the draft? Uh, Saturday. So what is that? Like the third round? So that's fourth that's round? the fourth. No, no, that's the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. So you're not going to miss much there. Yeah, I go up Friday. But you, the draft but you probably got a rehearsal dinner on Friday night or something. Uh, no, a- it's a small. It's not because oh, of okay. COVID. They're pushing the party. They're doing like two weddings, which I mean, it's a little selfish, brother. Like, calm down. But I get it because they kind of got screwed with COVID where their plan was to have the big wedding May 1st this year. Now they're going to have the party May 1st next year and do a family little okay. like 12 people, our family, her family. Are they serving devil dogs? <laughs> oh, yes. I did say to Kaz before we started that I have peas in the freezer and a single devil dog so i'm starving and that is the true sign of a fat man ordering out i ordered lobster shrimp and mussels last night i had uh 30 off what are we paying you Lobster. when you're the critically acclaimed producer of seven new york post sports podcasts you could eat lobster what whenever you want wow you know? that you know what you know what a single devil dog in the refrigerator says to me jake you need to find a wife like oh, soon. You yeah. Know? Like, you, you, come on. I know. It's it's really. A s- devil well, dog? I will say I've five or six d- uh, dates deep in with a girl right now. So we'll see. Oh, we'll see what happens. All right. That's the next podcast. Yeah, for me, that's We're like gonna... a world record uh, to make it that far. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been six dates in. We'll be seven later tonight. So lucky number seven. We'll see what happens. Maybe uh, get something in the refrigerator before she comes over, Jake. No, that's a devil why I, I would order She'll... in, you know, order some sushi for her or something. She'll open your refrigerator and run. Well, the devil dog was in the cabinet. It wasn't in the fridge. In the fridge, it's more embarrassing because all I have is like grated mozzarella cheese in the bag or whatever and uh like a sip left of orange juice and some ginger ale so i think uh, that should be an episode what's in jake's refrigerator yeah well i have two roommates so some stuff is theirs but we have an embarrassing refrigerator we just order out one roommate just makes stir fry which i wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole because i don't (laughs) eat uh much stir fry but yeah i'm getting the second dose on friday all is good double vax will be at city field april 8th most likely for the home opener good to be back in stadiums hopefully september at uh metlife stadium Again, a guy who played at MetLife Stadium. Did he play in MetLife Stadium? God. <laughs> What That's was a the good question. Built? Damian played one year in MetLife Stadium. Yeah, one year. So he had two years at the old Giants Stadium, one year at the the walking air conditioner unit MetLife Stadium. As that's what it. Looks I can't like. believe MetLife is this old at this point, right? Isn't it weird that the, that like the, all the stadiums old. feel it's I, like I can't believe the three stadiums are now like twelve years old, eleven years old. You I'm, know, I'm amazed when someone says to me they haven't been to the new stadium. I'm like, new. No, it's almost a dozen years old. What have you been living on? You've had COVID for twelve years now. Where you been? I mean. Uh, people say that to me. Yeah. I'm like, God, you need to get out more. But uh, I haven't been to Barclays, Jake. That's the only one I haven't been to. Really? Barclays. Oh, yeah. you gotta at least go, man. I mean, I'm surprised you. That's that's old now. That's almost ten years. You're one of the people I'm talking about. <laughs> Brooklyn's a little schlep for me from Jersey. That's true. Jake, it know? is. Yeah. But yeah. it uh, I recommend going. They do have the good uh the cheesecake. Uh you know, I always give the good food recommendations. So I'd say well, they have the, Junior's cheesecake or juniors, something. Juniors, yeah. Or? Classic yeah. Brooklyn cheesecake. It is it doesn't have a ton of life to it. I lo- I like going to the garden much more. And whatever you do, do not the upper level at Barclays is an embarrassment of, of riches. It feels you feel like you're gonna fall over. The cup holder takes up half the row. And for us big guys, you're asking to fall down three floors and end up on world stars. So you don't want to you don't want to sit up top if you're going to Barclays. So uh, sit down low, pay oh, the big bucks, you're pay the me. big bucks, or, or flash the Cos card, get their credential, whatever it is. To uh, one day, I mean, once once the world opens back up. Speaking of big fellas, and uh, you know. <laughs> 
Speaking of big guys and playing at MetLife Stadium and playing at Giant Stadium, let's talk next with an ESPN star, former Jets offensive lineman, Damian Woody, about their free agency so far right here on the Gangs All Here podcast. Joining us now is a friend of the program. It's former Jets offensive lineman. He played his final three years of his career with Gang Green, won two Super Bowls with the Pats, played a dozen seasons in the league with the Pats, Lions, and Jets. You see him all over ESPN, usually looking snazzy in a blazer, being a big blazer guy. Can respect a good blazer from our guest today. He's a great Twitter follow as well. First-round pick out of Boston College, the big fella, the pride of Beaver Dam, Virginia, number 67, the great Damian Woody on Gangs All Here. Welcome back. The Jets have been quite busy, and uh, you're always busy. We see you all over the place, Damian. Yeah. First of all, thank you for thank you guys for having me on. And, you know, this free agency season has been uh, has been fun. A lot of people, a lot of uh, players have been out there because of this whole salary cap situation. And it's been a good time for a lot of these teams to really upgrade their roster. Do you like the approach Joe Douglas has taken? They've added 12 players, brought back a few as well. They've definitely spread the love around. Do you like that approach? I do. I do like that. I do. I do like what Joe Douglas has done. Obviously the work is not, is not finished. We, because we still have the draft, but you know, a couple of things I like with, with Joe, what Joe did is, Number one, he addressed some key positions that uh, this roster is just has been desperately needed as far as uh, talent is concerned. Obviously, you know, the signing of Corey Davis, the wide receiver from the Tennessee Titans, uh, gives the Jet a, a guy who's a, who had his best year last year uh, with Tennessee, a young guy who's still an ascending player who fits the scheme really well. So he's another guy you can throw in that skill position mix that the Jets badly needed. And obviously you talk about Carl Lawson. As far as the Jets concerned, when was the last time there's been a bona fide pass rusher at defensive end um, in this organization? You probably had to go back to John Abraham. And, you know, this is a guy that he's, a, again, another young guy. And that's really been a theme of free agency for Joe Douglas is getting these young players that are ascending or guys that, you know, maybe has some untapped potential still in them. But but Carl Lawson is a guy who's he gets a lot of pressures. You know, the sack numbers don't pop out at you, but I've always said pressures are more important than sacks. And so you combine him with Quentin Williams, that's a really good pair on that defensive line. And and then uh, just other positions, I think what he's done is he's – Joe Douglas has really filled out this roster as far as depth is concerned. Because the one thing we've known just watching the Jets, they just haven't had – any depth across this roster. And I think Joe Douglas has done a pretty good job of getting guys at good prices, guys who will play, you know, integral parts um, along the way in 2021. Damien, I know I know where you fell on the free agency argument back in 2008 when you were the guy getting the big cash from the Jets. But, you know, we I feel like we go through this every year where teams come out and they spend a lot of money. And surprisingly, this year it was the Patriots and everyone hails them as geniuses. And then two years <laughs> later, we look back and say, you know, what were they thinking doing that? Where, where do you right. kind of fall now on, on free agency? And, you know, do you still, when you see how the Patriots doing what they're doing or the Giants doing what they're doing, do you get excited about that? Or do you kind of say, yeah, that's not the way to go? I get excited from my job as an analyst because we get to talk about these moves. But I think if you're, if you're a football purist, you don't build your team through free agency. That's never been a recipe. Uh, for sustainability. And, you know, when I look at the Patriots and, and the New York Giants, what they've done in free agency, yeah, there's a lot of sizzle to it. There's no question about it. When you're able to spend that type of money, the way those both organizations have done, 
it's going to draw a lot of headlines. But if you look at the history of the National Football League, how many times can we point to and say, you know what? It's really worked out. You know, it, it really sustained over the long haul. That's just not the way how the, how the system was built. If you want to be sustainable and competitive for a long time, you've got to be able to draft and develop well. And I think when you look at Joe Douglas, you know, I know some fans are like, hey, Damian, why aren't the Jets go getting this guy, go getting that guy? And, I'm, and I, you know, I'm quick to tell them, listen, number one, this is not Madden. This is not the video game, okay? You can't just be general manager and just go out there, I'm going to just go get this, go get that. Roster construction is a unique skill set. And the one thing that we know about Joe Douglas, anyone that knows his background, he comes from the Baltimore Ravens. And who was the GM of the Baltimore Ravens for a long time? Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie Newsom built that team throughout the draft. Did he add free agents, you know, here and there? Yes, but primarily his teams were built through the draft. And if you draft and develop well, you will be in it contending year in and year to, year out. Let's talk about your position, Damian. Where do you stand on the O-line? The only guy they added in a free agency was Dan Feeney. It seems like they're going to do a lot more building through the draft, but obviously there were some struggles last season. What do you think of the O-line, and how can they bolster their O-line? Well, I think, listen, I think a couple things. Number one, I think free agency kind of gave you a tip of where the Jets might focus in the draft because they really haven't addressed it all that much. You Obviously, you point to Dan Feeney. Uh, who came over from the Los Angeles Chargers? He's most most likely going to be a backup, a depth guy. But I, I look at the Jets and their in their offensive line. Absolutely, they had struggles last year. You know, they've struggled on the offensive line for years, to be honest with you. And a lot of that had to do with just the malpractice of not really addressing the offensive line via the draft. You know, I go back to like when Mangini, Eric Mangini, first came to the Jets. I believe his first two picks were the Brickashaw Ferguson and and Nick Mango. That, to me, set the tone of what he wanted this team, what he wanted the Jets team to look like. You look at Joe Douglas. What was his pick last year, first pick? Makai Beckton. Because I think good evaluators understand that in order to win in this league, you got to build a team from the inside out. And I think the Jets are going to really get after that position uh, in the draft. One other factor, Damien, talking to people within the Jets, they felt like maybe the offensive line coaching hasn't been up to snuff the last few years. And, you know, and, I, and kind of when I watched last year, it was interesting because there's times where a player is just getting blown away. And I don't – I hate to bring this name up. He replaced you actually in the lineup. But, like, Wayne Hunter, when he took over for you that, that next year, he was getting destroyed. And it was easy to see even – for someone as slow as me, that that was a problem. But when I watched last year, guys weren't getting beat. It, it looked like they were kind of playing at different levels. They weren't switching off on on twists and stunts, and they were getting beat on blitzes. In your mind, like how much of a difference can coaching make at that position? And obviously, you played for one of the best in Bill Callahan here, and Dante Scarnecchia in New England, another great one. Uh, you know, how much of a difference can coaching make there? Oh, it could be huge. I've said throughout the season, I'll, I'll, just watching the Jets, I always felt like the, the coaching w- wasn't up to par. Because, again, it wasn't like guys were just completely whiffing. It was things that they weren't executing from a technical standpoint. And, it was, and those things kept happening game after game after game. Because, Brian, I think you know this as well. When you show that you can't handle something, guess what's going to happen? Team after team after team is going to do the same thing until you can prove that you've solved the problem. And a lot of times with the Jets, 
That was the issue. So, yes, do the Jets need to upgrade personnel on the offensive line? Yes. But I also think, and this is a big part of it, and I've, told, I've talked to a lot of fans about this, coaching matters. And if the Jets feel like this coaching staff is that much better than the previous, then some of the guys that we've seen out there, they're going to be better players because they're going to be better coached, and that matters. Speaking of coaching, me, me and Kaz have this debate. I love the fiery coach, the young coach who's going to be clapping on the sidelines. And obviously, Salah is that guy. Carl Lawson and a few guys talked about, you know, the impact that Sally pumped them up when he met with them, and that contributed to him signing. How important do you think Salah and his demeanor have been in free agency? How important do you think it will be? And maybe talk about Damian situations where your coaches kind of fired you up and, and got you going in your career. Well, listen, I mean, when you're 2 and 14, not a lot of guys want to come play for you. <laughs> True. You have to have some other intangibles that draw people to you. Now, the Jets had a couple things going for them this year. Obviously, the salary cap, you know, all the cap space that they had, they could, you know, go out there and uh, pay people. But I think even more so than that, when you have a guy in, in Coach Sala who, who has been universally praised around the league, you know, former players, the guys that played under him, have spoke about him in glowing terms. That resonates with other players. And we saw what Carl Lawson had to say about Coach Sala. We saw what Sheldon Rankins had to say as well. Guys want to go play for guys like that. Just like when I came to the Jets in 2008, I wanted to go play for Bill Callahan because I knew Bill Callahan would make me a better player at that stage in my career. And he did. And so I think it's going to have the same effect on, you know, the the guys that are signed and guys who potentially come to this organization. I think those guys are going to be talking about Robert Sala and saying, that's the guy I want to play for. All right. Here here comes skeptical cause on this topic. All right. The reason Carl Lawson's here is there's $30 million guaranteed. Well, like- yo, listen, I, obviously, <laughs> I, I, cause, listen, you're not going to get any arguments out of, out of me. That's why. The first thing I said was the cap space. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it, Cos. At the end of the day, the money. I've talked to the agents for some of the lesser players that signed. Some of the guys that are signing for $2 million, $5 million. And what some of those agents have told me is like, they're like, look, no one wants to go to the Jets. No one wants to play there. Like they're, they're, they, 10 years out of the playoffs, 2-14 and 14 last year. Question at quarterback. Like if, te- if guys have options, they don't really want to go there. But what these agents have kind of been telling them is that Sala is going to create an atmosphere like Pete Carroll in Seattle. You know, that's – I think we think of Sala with San Francisco a lot, but obviously he kind of grew up in Seattle under Pete and that competition spirit and, and having fun. So they're selling that. So I do think there's something to the lesser guys, Jake, I like – I, I question that, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, Davis and, and Lawson would be playing for the Jets if I was there as head coach if, if for, for $27 million guaranteed. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I like a guy that pumps, pumps me up I, as a, as a fan watching the games. If he's clapping on the sidelines, I'm going to be clapping on my couch, uh, <laughs> you know, sipping on a six pack and, and stuffing my face with a, with a pizza pie guys. So I, I wait do till, think wait till they're out in three. I'll see how, how enthusiastic <laughs> you are about him clapping on the sidelines. Yeah, exactly. Um, Damien, what about quarterback? I know you've been tweeting about it. I think you did an Instagram live on it. Where are you at quarterback? Where do you want the Jets to go? Listen, I've always said, look, I've always um, had an affinity for Sam Darnold. I've always, I believe, I've always believed in his talent. I think he's had a gotten a, a, a raw deal 
to a certain degree from the Jets organization as far as how they constructed a roster around him. But I, I just think at the end of the day, if you're Joe Douglas, you have to hit yourself onto a rookie quarterback. Because if you go with Sam Darnold and it flops, it puts you in a precarious position as a general manager. And I just also think you got a new coach. You have an opportunity to reset that rookie contract. And there's a lot of – there's some pretty doggone good college prospects that are in this draft. So I think the Jets have to make the move and trade Sam Darnold and, uh, and draft a new quarterback and, and reset that position. Yeah, I agree with you, Damian. Uh, totally. Because I, I do think, too, like the quarterback class next year, who knows what that's going to look like. And, you know, maybe it'll be good. We, we wouldn't have known who Zach Wilson was a year ago if we were sitting here talking. So maybe it'll be good. But Jets also don't want to be in a position where they're drafting this high next year and potentially taking one. I'm curious, Damian, with the, the second first-round pick, the number 23 overall, that to me is the fascinating pick too, because it's like the Jets have so many holes. You know, what? where do you feel like non-quarterback division we're talking, where do you feel like the biggest hole is on this roster and what would you like to see them address at number 23? I, I think cornerback has got to be the biggest hole. I really do. I, I, I think they got, the Jets have to address the cornerback position with that, with that second first round pick, whether they stay at 23, trade down, tra- I don't, whatever they do, I think, with that pick, I think they have to address the quarterback position. I mean, I've heard people, oh, they should, you know, go draft a running back. What are you What are you talking about? A running back? No way. Like, this system? No, you can get a mid-guy, mid-round guy and plug into this system. The Jets need impact guys and they need guys outside the cornerback position because right now what you're looking at is uh, Bryce Hall and Bless Austin. Really? Like, really? That's what you're going to, like, I'm not trying to disparage those guys. I think Bryce Hall could be a starter. Like I was in, I, I really like what I saw down the stretch with him. But you come on, you can't walk into this in 2021 with those guys as your starting corner. I think you need a bona fide, legit starter at the cornerback position. And I think you got to do that with that first round pick. Yeah, I mean, they could start for the fan control football league uh, at corner with Johnny Manziel, but I don't know about the Jets. I mean, they have to address. Uh, that position Damien always great chatting with you man looking forward to seeing what the uh, Jets finish off in free agency what they do in the draft and uh, we'll talk to you uh, later in the offseason all right guys thanks for having me on that closes shop on episode 65 the Joe Fields edition of gangs all year our Jets podcast from the New York Post thanks to the new guy Brian Mungia for helping me out in producing the show give us a five star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts after you subscribe we appreciate your support for Brian Costello I'm Jake Brown we'll be back prior to the NFL draft with a special draft preview show who do the Jets take at two stay safe folks we'll talk to you in a April.